Good evening, everyone. This is Tala with Drive Through Therapy. Thank you guys so much for joining me tonight on another episode. And as always, I'm grateful for your support. Um, also, if you wish to send me any email letting me know where you're at and how you're doing or any suggestions you may have for me, you can contact me at T-A-L-A-I-B-R-A-8888 at gmail.com. And usually I respond. I'm always excited to get an email, so... I appreciate it. If you have any feedback on it or any suggestions uh, on an episode that you would like me to to tackle, I would love to hear your suggestions. And it helps out. Really, it does. So, yeah, greatly appreciated. All right. <clears throat> Tonight is, oh, man, all about something that I constantly work with in clinical practice, which is the mother and daughter toxic relationship and there's a constant uh need for the patient to come in and tell me or ask why do i keep trying to please my mother even if my mother wasn't a very good mother i mean clearly my logical self knows it she's toxic she's she has had a history of addiction she chased other things rather than make her children a priority whatever theme and toxicity the parent or the mother would have in this case we're only talking about mother daughter just mother and daughter today uh, so the, i'm often asked like i said what why do i keep going back to this mom wanting her approval wanting her to change or expecting that she would change, even that's more accurate, expecting that she would change, but I get disappointed every time. Well, tonight I want to answer that question for many people that might be wondering what the hell is going on there, because this is something that I think a lot of women need to know if they're dealing with a toxic mother. And if you're listening to this and you're not dealing with a toxic mother, you can very well use it for a toxic father or another family member that may have been a caregiver to you. But this is specifically dealing with a, a direct caregiver, okay? A direct caregiver that was perceived as toxic. I hope this makes sense so far. So let's tackle the nitty gritty of this situation. When you think about us as children, we really start to idealize the parent in order for us to bond. That's what we do, actually, because no matter what the parent is like, it doesn't really matter. As long as we bond with them, we just have a need to bond with them as a way to survive as children. We need a parent. We know we need one. Uh, we need someone to belong to, someone to protect us. Even if they barely feed us, even if they're barely there, we still want to bond with them. So the child will make them a perfect idealized version of who they are. Uh, so they'll be like the perfect mother in my head, even though me as a child might be disappointed by them, might be mistreated by them. It doesn't matter. I will eventually idealize them. Now, this task for a child is very important, like I said, because this is our need to bond. When I idealize them, then they no longer become 
the problem. It starts to be blamed subconsciously on me. So because the parent is perfect, I, I love the parent, right? So I have to blame someone for my needs not being met. So I'll blame me. So if my mom isn't around, I'll say I wasn't worthy enough. If she didn't have uh, time to sit down with me, I'll say, well, she was too busy for work and, and I'm basically not as important. And because she, my mom works really hard, she, she has to be at work. And so I'll start really blaming me for wanting what I want. So if I, I want to spend time with her, I really start saying I'm, I shouldn't be asking for that because she's working. She has to provide. This leaves a child confused in a, in a state of confusion because they don't really recognize that uh, the truth of the matter or see the parent with clarity. At this time, they're just doing themselves a service, a very big service of uh, making them seem like they're perfect so I can like them, I can love them, I can bond with them. So even if that is a price I have to pay, which is blame myself, I'd rather blame myself so I can make them look better. In a lot of ways, that child also will make justifications or excuses for the parent. Again, in a way to make them seem like they're perfect. Adults do no wrong. And so we will consistently justify their behavior. Interestingly enough, if this goes unchecked, if this doesn't get cleaned up by the child who then later turns into an adult, what ends up happening is that uh, they continue or they may continue, let me phrase it this way, they may continue to make excuses for other people, <laughs> other people's bad behavior. And we'll see this, you know, if a woman is making excuses for her partner's behavior just to, so she can love them, you know, oh, they had a tough childhood, uh, they don't have the ability to open up emotionally, they will make a lot of excuses for someone just so we can bond with them or stay with them, right? So we can meet that need. Again, we're used to doing so much work to connect or love another person. This is a lot of work. It doesn't give us time, unfortunately, to see things as they are, to see people as they are. I'm simply doing what I've been doing since childhood, which is making people seem better than they are, which doesn't or may not protect me later on from threats that clearly I need to see more uh, rapidly, right? So if I'm dating someone uh, and I start to see behaviors that are toxic, if I have this as part of my past, I'm used to making excuses, I'll just keep making excuses. I won't I will see red flags as an opportunity to even work harder to bond or connect with people. And then next thing you know, I'm getting into really crappy relationships and wondering why. Now, I mentioned to you guys that what I hear a lot of women saying about their mothers is their constant, as an adult, their constant need to continue to get approval or some sort of validation from the parent. And then I end up not liking myself for wanting that. 
you know? And what does this all mean? Why do I keep doing it even though I don't want to do it? And I feel guilty. Get this. I feel guilty if I don't please my parent, right? Even though they might be a threat to me or harming me, I still will not protect myself with emotional boundaries. So what happens here, friends, is that when we're around our parents, all of us, we have, we tend to go respond to them in the way we've been conditioned to respond to them for many years. Unless we do our work to awaken ourselves and awaken our conscious awareness, we are going to continue with the same damn response. We're going to continue with the same behavior. But as we age, something different starts to happen, right? Where the child is innocent, lacks experience, blah, 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 blah. Um, that actually helps them to remain resilient because they have nothing else to compare it to. They don't think really I'm missing out on much. They don't really know for sure, right? So they continue to live in this innocence and this lack of experience and lack of knowledge. And that helps them through the years. But as we age, friends, the logic starts to kick in. And now it's conflicting with our idealized image that we have our parent. So this logical intellectual part starts knowing like my mom is freaking toxic. She talks about me in a nasty way. She, she often tells me I'm not good enough or she'll make comments about my body that is unhealthy. And she always stands in disapproval. Uh, she never takes responsibility for her behavior. Now that is starting to conflict with the image I have for my mom that I've been building for years, which it can, it consists of all the justifications I may have had about her that I, that I made about her, right? Like, you know, she, she really works hard. She really loves me. Sometimes she's nice, you know, sometimes she has dinner with me and sometimes she'll tuck me in bed. You know, I love my mom. I love my mom, right? So these things start to conflict, you know, my, age and experience starts to conflict with this old idealized perspective of my mother as it should friends as it should but unfortunately we run into this idea that we have to actually solve the problem in the same way we've been solving it which is my mom in a lot of ways created the wound the scar that I carry around and she is the person that needs to fix it. So if I feel like she's taken my self-worth from me, she has to put the self-worth right back. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. You're like, really? That's what I'm thinking? Maybe. I would consider it, friends, because that's really what we end up doing. That's the frustration that we feel. This conflict is a valid conflict because your brain is trying to tell you something is not right anymore. You're trying to solve the problem in an old way and your brain is experiencing suffering to force you into solving the problem in a new way. But sometimes we keep going back to solving the problem in the same way, which is keeping the expectations that we have uh, about our mother the same as it is and always getting disappointed. The expectations will be really high. Her performance will be kind of low and we just drop from that height. We can fix that by really starting to look at parents and accepting them as they are with their qualities that are human. For example, if my mom was an alcoholic, I'm going to accept she's an alcoholic. If my mom today is uh, uh, old-fashioned and, and very disapproving and if she's racist or if she's, I don't know, 
if she's very hurtful, whatever the case is, I'm going to just accept my mother as she is. I no longer want to negotiate with that. I want to accept it as it is. And this is tricky. This is really tricky. We think it's easy. But again, when I know that I have an inner conflict that says, well, you know, she had a rough life. Well, you know, she's my mom. Maybe she's right. You know, that's where I have to really become consciously aware of what my old beliefs are. Look at them and start bringing in the adultified version of looking at my mom, that my mom has damage as we all do. She's human. She is in fact not perfect. She can be hurtful. She can be cruel. She's selfish. She's self-seeking. She's manipulative. Whatever you want to describe her as, she is those things, then she is those things. We don't want to negotiate them anymore because she's my mom. But unfortunately, the guilt kicks in and it goes into, again, going back to protecting my my mom to justify her behavior. That's what the child had to do then to survive. The child, who's now as an adult, does not have to do that anymore. So we have to teach the adult not to do that anymore. Mom is as she is. So this way, when I know my mom is a manipulator, for example, I may not want to change her anymore. I'm like, I'm not disappointed because my expectation is that my mom is going to manipulate. And when she starts saying that manipulative shit that she does, that's cool. I'm like, okay, not that shocked. There she goes. She's manipulating. I already have my finger right on it. I'm not asking myself, but why? Who does that? What kind of parent does that? Why would she do that? These questions are hurtful to you because you know the, the answer. You know the answer to this question. But unfortunately, what ends up happening is that you keep yourself in a state of confusion by saying that somehow, again, it must be me. Why does she do that? It's like you're giving this mother more characteristics or more skills that she doesn't have. She never did. More than likely in your lifetime, if it's toxic still, she never will. So she has not learned to take responsibility for her actions and her words and what she's done. And that's where she's at, whether it's okay or not, or me having an opinion about it. I need, you know, there's no need for all that. But what we do need to do is heal. Healing requires me to outgrow the idealization I put my mom in, living in that hope that someday, if I perform well in some way, she will validate me. She will fill in or heal my wounds or fill in those gaps in my, in my soul. All of which is, is not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Not because you're not worthy, not because you're not valuable. No, no, my friend is because again, this mother did not have the skills then to do it. She probably doesn't have them now if we're still experiencing this. So outgrowing my mother requires me to start taking my emotional power back, my emotional power back. So that means when I'm around my mother, I really have to start thinking about how I feel and what I'm thinking. Because again, I've been trained to think about how she thinks, what she feels and learn what she wants and what she wants to do. And that's what my child self has been doing was really making her a priority. Because if I had a selfish parent or a toxic parent, usually that means that they asked us as children to make them a priority and our needs were not really as, were not really met. So 
it's a big shift to now when I'm around my parent, my priority becomes my own emotions as it should be, as it should be, friends. And that her emotions are hers, whether she's feeling mad, frustrated, unhappy about something. We're not here to save her from that. We have to leave her to feel her own feelings and fix them. I'm no longer in charge of fixing your feelings because that's the most compassionate thing to do to another human being that can use my feelings as a way uh, to manipulate them. We want to make sure we don't allow that, that we take our control back. So this way we save them from having to do that ugly thing that they are used to doing. And it's very hard for a child to admit that their parent is just an immature parent, underdeveloped, a person that is toxic. You know, it's hard to admit that because we have a society that likes to celebrate Mother's Day and Father's Day and shit. And we perceive that all fathers are worthy of celebration and that all mothers are worthy of celebration fuck that that's not the case having done this for a while uh i i i can assure you i can assure you that there are many parents we would not want to celebrate friends we would not want to celebrate so please look at your parents at the size that they actually have shown you to be i don't want you to give them any more or any less just the size in which they are to be shown in front of you. We don't want them to be bigger than life because they are in fact not, right? That's the child self that had to do that. We want to make sure that that child self allows herself to grow into adulthood and recognize that even my mother, even my mother can be a threat and that that's just the reality of it. Not because I'm not worthy, but because she has shown me multiple times that she has all these characteristics that are in, um, in a lot of ways flawed and can be hurtful to me if I don't protect myself. Nothing wrong with that, friends. Nothing. The guilt that you might feel when you're trying to protect or defend your mom or that's just something that's been conditioned. It doesn't it doesn't mean that it's the truth and that's what ought to happen. It just means that you're just used to it. It's very familiar for you to protect the parent. And that's very again, you know why we do that. We don't want to glorify it and say that, in fact, I have to feel guilty and I have to love my parent no matter what. And that, that's not realistic. That's not realistic. Let's be honest. I hear this commonly from people that my parent is going to die soon. So I, I really got to love them. I don't know what that means. Like all of a sudden, if people die or about to die, they are, they are saints. And that all of a sudden they reach sainthood and they're not allowed to be flawed. Uh, no, that's again, unrealistic friends, unrealistic. We don't want to repress emotions. That's the problem that we have. That's where the anger comes in that we have that, that seething on this like surface anger that's easily accessible within us. When we're around our parents and they don't respond in the way we want them to respond, I get disappointed. I get obsessed. I'm, 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 tormented. I'm, I break down easily. This is why it is because I'm still trying to solve my problem by appeasing them, making them happy. And if they don't give me that, then I lose my mind. I, I, I'm not, I don't care about my own feelings enough to start lifting myself up and recognizing, hey, they're not saints. They're allowed to behave whatever they, way they want. Today, I'm allowed to protect myself from the way they behave. And that's okay. That's okay. It is hard 
for all of us children to admit that our parents are flawed. We want to protect them all the way to the end. But it's that repressed emotion, I promise, it's that repressed emotion that causes damage because we're telling ourselves we're not allowed to be angry. We're not allowed to be frustrated with our parent or disappointed in our parents. We're telling ourselves a lie, a lie, which again, as a bursting when we're experiencing this disappointment, this anger, we want, we're not making a connection of why we're experiencing that. But that's why, because we've been repressing it and not allowing the child self to grieve the childhood that they had. To, to be able to call mom as she is and really cry it the fuck out. Really cry it out. You know, there's no, there's nothing wrong with saying like, my mom is a manipulator. My mom had really terrible intentions and that hurts. Instead of justifying her behavior, allow yourself to grieve and feel the proper feeling to correspond with the behaviors you're looking at. I don't need you to protect her anymore because that keeps us in unresolved anger. And that's the worst of it all. Friends, you don't want unresolved anger, unresolved old anger. <laughs> we don't want none of that, none of that. I hope that makes sense to you guys. I hope that helps you on your healing, especially the ladies out there. I, women that have gone through really toxic mother-daughter relationship. And, and I might have to make another episode just purely on how to handle or address immature mothers. Um, growing up with immature parents because their daughters and son, I'm sure also can benefit from a whole episode, friends. That, that's, yeah. Yeah. There are certain outcomes I've known in a clinical sense that come from having toxic fathers or absent fathers, but there's something altogether separate and gigantic. <laughs> of an outcome that comes from toxic mothers. That's the one that, oh man, oh man, oh man, it's stabs us to the core. And if we don't learn to heal that and grieve that child and learn to have her label the proper feelings with mom's behaviors, you know, because she wasn't allowed to do that as a kid. So we have to allow her today in, to herself, not to her mother, because her mother won't confronting mom and trying to change her is has been the problem the lady is not going to change so it leaves us stuck emotionally we're going to unstuck that shit by simply going within and we're going to take responsibility for how we feel give that inner child a voice tell her she's allowed to feel frustrated at mom mom is not perfect congratulations she's not perfect mom is toxic mom has abusive patterns mom is you know distorted Mom has damaged herself. Yeah, she's not perfect. She's not a saint. And I'm allowed to grieve and feel the proper feelings I'm supposed to feel towards my mom. Again, letting the parent know about my hurt and all that. It's a tricky situation because if they're still immature and underdeveloped, what you're going to get back is what you've been getting back. Them not taking responsibility for their behavior. So I don't want you to get your healing from them. I want you to get it from within because that always works. That always works and it works for a lifetime. So I stop needing to change or expect things of my mother. If I don't want to see her today, if I don't want to pick up that phone, then I'm allowed to not do that because if she's given me anything else, then maybe I would have picked up that phone. But what she gave me and what she's shown me through the years has been, 
worthy of me not picking my phone, my phone up when I don't want to. I'm allowed to, f- to have feelings of like, oh, I don't want to talk to her today. I don't need to be cruel or rude to her or even confrontative with her. Because again, the work that has to happen now is not on her. I don't need to fix her. I need to go with him. It's about healing for me. That's what I'm responsible for today. So I stop making the parent responsible for fixing that and I'll get my power back. And that's how it works. <sighs> Thank you guys so much for joining me tonight. Oh, I love you guys. I love you. And if you know somebody that might need this episode, please send it to them. Sometimes oh, the major thing we need is somebody to validate validate the traumatic experiences and the disappointment and the heartbreak that we experienced as children. And we go to that parent, that abusive parent, to try to get that validation and have them take responsibility so we can validate our experience and our trauma. But we don't need that anymore. Let me validate you. Let me validate you that you were there and that you are to be trusted with what you've experienced. And if you've experienced trauma, I believe you. And if you've experienced injustice, I believe you. Abuse, I believe you. I believe you. I'm here to validate you for that. So hopefully, maybe somebody else might need it. And if you know that, just send it to them. I love you guys. And I hope this finds you well wherever you're at in your healing journey. I'm sending you love and light and the courage to set your guilt free from all its hidden places. This has been an episode of Drive Through.